This week, charge lemonade and grimace shakes in GTA 6. Another, di another digital, another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another digital citizen episode four two six that uh, Google says is a ear gum. Uh, thank you, Google. Uh, and with me, I have Luke, and he shoots. Uh, yeah. Hi, Fro. Hi, everybody. I, yes, mm -hmm. I shoot. Uh, what mm -hmm. is it? It's a an air gun. What does that mean? Oh, like a BB gun? Uh, it's a four two six. It's a, a air pistol. A pistol. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a CO two uh, driven air, uh, air pistol. With a 15 uh, magazine. You can have 15 bullets in it. BB guns. BB gun, alright. I Sure, <laughs> I've never heard of that. But I'm, I'm not surprised I haven't uh -huh. heard of that. I never had Is a BB gun when I was a kid. Because <laughs> yeah. I would have shot my eye out, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. And as a ultimate pacifist, I have never even held an air gun, believe it or not. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. It, you know those? I've definitely yeah. used ones that from my friend, like from my friends when I was a kid, but I never had one. Right. Right. Uh, I I especially remember one time I got uh, made fun of when uh, the whole school uh, went uh, to a carnival uh, type of thing, and one of the things that they you could do there was like shoot uh, at stuff. To wear, win like a teddy bear and things like that. Oh right, okay. You know, you know those silly. Is it like shoot it, shoot out the star? That totally yes. impossible game that nobody yes. can win. Yeah. Okay. Yes, exactly that one. <laughs> um, and I was like, nah, uh, I don't want to hold a gun. I'm a pacifist. And everybody's like, oh, what a pussy. <laughs> I was like. Sure. Was it Mark um, Rober that did the MythBuster type thing on that game, and he was like, yes. "This is because once you get like it out, then the little parts that are left over, the BB will go straight past him without breaking it." Right. It's like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when I was a kid, though, the rule that you could go around and cut it out in a circle—that wasn't a rule when I was a kid. So we used to do that all the time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because you're not allowed to do that anymore. Right? No, I think they figured out that kids were smart enough to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They were like, nah, you can't do it that way. Exactly. They had to make that rule yeah. up. Because I remember doing it, or maybe it was just like the fairs I went to as a kid were different than, you know, that's possible also. But I think it's been yeah. changed over time. Do you remember what you could win? Shitty stuffed animals that are worth, like, what? <laughs> less than a dollar for sure. Probably less than 50 cents. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and the game was like five dollars. <laughs> yeah, at least yeah. nowadays it's definitely like five dollars. Back then, who yeah. knows? It was probably like three bucks or something. You know? Yeah. Have you ever shot anything else uh, but a BB gun, like a real gun gun? Oh yeah. Yeah. oh yeah, yeah. I grew up in the country, so yeah. I've never gone hunting. I've never shot any animals. I've never done that. But just going yeah, out. Yeah, only humans. <laughs> yeah, only... Well, humans are animals. They're the the uh, deadliest game. Um, no, I'm just shooting cans and shooting, you know, things like that more than anything right. else. What is the biggest caliber you have shot with? 
Uh, I don't actually know. Maybe like a thirty out six, which is like a pretty heavy okay. duty like hunting rifle. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen someone. Uh, I've been beside one someone that has shot a Glock. I think a thirty out six is much bigger than that. But yes. Uh, oh. Okay. Yeah. Um, my uh, my uh, uh, involvement with guns are pretty <laughs> small, uh, as I being a pacifist. Who is not a pacifist? Well, the Republicans are probably not uh, pacifists. According uh, to the last debate, they definitely are not. Uh, I think every single <laughs> one of them wanted to blow up some country at some point during that last debate. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the Republican Party is filled with uh, people that love war, so I don't think anybody would be a pacifist and win the Republican nominee. No, I don't think so. No. <laughs> well, I don't I don't think any of these people are going to win the Republican nomination either, but the fourth Republican debate is scheduled for Wednesday in Alabama, uh, just weeks hey, before... Alabama? the crucial New Hampshire primary and Iowa caucus. The, mm -hmm. There's only four candidates that will face off at the University of Alabama. Uh, four? I thought it was three. Well, I'm seeing four here. Okay, Nikki Haley, DeSantis, mm. Chris Christie, and Ramaswamy qualified for the debate. Mm. Um, candidates must poll at least 6% with two national polls or six in one national poll. Okay. Um... Mm. So I think one of them must have just today passed that. Because yesterday I had also seen three, but this is saying four. Yeah. Huh. It's saying that they uh, raised the polling to 6%, um, one national poll or 6% in one national poll and one poll from two separate early voting states. And that knocked off a few people, I guess, mm. as far as like raising the threshold of who's allowed in the debate. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's today, tonight. So we'll see what <laughs> happens with everything as far as that goes. But it definitely be a lot calmer uh, with less people, I think. Why is it always on a Wednesday night? <laughs> they clearly planned it that way because every single one of them is on a Wednesday night. Like I know it's so fucking weird. <laughs> it's like, do they know we're going to talk about it? So we need a week. To <laughs> like, I'd rather talk about it the day afterwards, to be honest, if they yeah, would do it on too. a Tuesday, but... Yeah, um, yeah. me too. It, I, ah, who knows why they picked Wednesday? That doesn't even seem like a day where people... Maybe it's because they know that's the day where people aren't going to watch it. Maybe that's what it is. Because, like, yeah, if that, you wanted yeah. people to watch it, you'd put it on, like, a Friday or the weekend. Or, right? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. A Sunday afternoon debate. That would <laughs> draw a lot of people... I don't like think after church hours. I was gonna say if it's during church, I don't know about that for no, the no, Republican no. After Party. After church hours. Yeah, yeah, that would be fun. But yeah, uh, who will not be there is uh, George Santos. Yeah, he's out. George Santos expelled. Uh, it says here the House voted Friday, last Friday, that the Republican uh, George Santos of New York, uh, after an ethics report of his conduct. Uh, height long lawmakers concerned about his scandal plagued uh, his scandal plagued future Santos became the sixth member of the cha in the chamber's history to be ousted by colleagues uh, the third since the Civil War okay that's been a while <laughs> the, wow I thought that was yesterday <laughs> uh, the vote to expel was 
311 to 114, easily clearing the two-thirds majority. House Republican leaders opposed removing Santos, uh, but uh, obviously, according to that, uh, in the end, 105 Republican lawmakers ended up siding with the Democrats to expel him. So That is a lot. I am actually a, a tiny bit surprised. Well, they... He is a complete fraud. It makes them look well, bad if they're going to be like, <laughs> yeah, we'll just keep this guy around because he's on our side, right? It's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's incriminating on them. Uh, not only that, maybe some of these well, people just don't like him. There's that possibility also. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only difference between him and uh, all the other cuckoos on the uh, that right side is that he got caught with his pants down. Uh, not literally, but uh, figuratively. I I uh, I watched a CBS special uh, today actually about mm-hmm. like all the fucking things he had, has had done, and I'm I'm I am so fucking surprised uh, about how much he lied about, like from everything from like being Jewish to his mother dying on nine eleven. Like, Jesus Christ, how much can you lie? Yeah, it was pretty weird. Jay Aubrey put out a doc about him like two days before the, yeah, before the vote. Yeah. Um, so I'm w- wondering if he was like, oh, I better... Because the vote had been announced. So I'm wondering if Jay Aubrey was like, mm-hmm. oh, shit, I'm already researching this. I need to get this doc out now before right. something, yeah. <laughs> something changes and I have to redo the whole good. thing. Yeah. Yeah, a really good doc, uh, by the way. Thanks for uh, saying that I should watch it. Uh, yeah, really, really good. Uh, interesting stuff there for sure. It goes right I, up uh, to the point where he gets expelled, like, and do- mm-hmm. but it doesn't go into that because it came out before that. There is another documentary by HBO already in the works about George Santos. Okay. Or it's at least a movie. I don't know if it's a documentary. It could be like a... Uh, just like a, a a kind of a hit piece movie on him, possibly. But it's being there's some kind of movie in the works already at HBO mm. about George Santos. I know that. Yeah, I bet he run to his nearest uh, Panera Bread uh, place and took a lemonade, and uh, were a little bit surprised that he didn't uh, uh, die on the first try. I'm sure he. Is not very happy about this. Well, you could ask him to do that on Cameo, because apparently this week he also <laughs> oh, yeah, got on Cameo. I saw that. I saw so that. if you if you want, just say, "Hey, Fucking George Santos, hell. I'm going to pay you <laughs> if you go get a Panera Bread charged lemonade and drink it for me right. on my Cameo." Yeah. Yeah, and drink six in a row, please. <laughs> Maybe Panera will pay him to do because you can do that thing where you like pay for advertising on Cameo. Yeah. Oh, that would be so fun. It might be better for their... Do you think that would be better or worse for their brand than this article we're about to read? Killing George Santos? Um, no, I was saying having at, having him be their, like, spokesperson. He's, he'd be like their Jared. Yeah. I mean, that's the first thing I was thinking of. <laughs> like, yeah, it's so weird. Like, Subway uh, has been, like, uh, uh, like trying to push that away for the longest time. And the first thing I think of is Jared. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I don't think that would be good branding. Yeah, probably not. But, but like I said, they're not. their brand isn't doing that well because 
the fast food chain Panera Bread has once again found itself in a lawsuit based around its highly caffeinated charged lemonade drink, which we mm. talked about, what, a few months ago, I want to say? I want to say three, four weeks ago. Yeah, maybe a, maybe a month. Yeah. Not long ago. Uh, for the Not second time ago, this year, yeah. uh, action has been filed against the restaurant alleging the lemonade drinks caused the death of a customer who consumed them. It was filed Monday alleging that uh, a 46-year-old man, I'll just say that, of Fleming Island, Florida, suffer, suffered cardiac arrest on his way home from his local Panera, where he drank yeah. three charged lemonades. Right. Yeah. And uh, we, they said the limit would be two, right? I remember reading when we first saw this that, like, it, it has more, like, one of these has more than two Red Bulls, is what I remember. Right. Yeah. And I think I think uh, they had a like a si- little sign that said like max two a day or something like that. So, um, but the three is quite a little. I mean, that's not a lot over the maximum. Well, yeah, and well, it also depends on like how much, how quickly you you know consume it. If you just pound, right. was pounding them. The other thing, this person had intellectual disabilities and a developmental dis- oh, yeah. delay, yeah. so they weren't. They didn't really know what they were getting themselves into, possibly, also. Right. Um, But then the question gets, like, is it the store's fault? Or is the the people that should take care of him? What I said... What I said is, last time we talked about this, is, is... Are they serving this from behind the counter... Or is it right. right out in in the lobby where you can serve yourself as much of it as you want? Right. Yeah. Because if they're doing it from behind the counter and they gave him three when he's not when you're only supposed to have two or whatever. Right. Yeah. Then yes, That's it's a hundred percent their fault. Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I agree. If it's the other way but around, it, then it can be. Right. Then there's questions of whether it's their fault or whether it's not their fault for sure. But uh, they must be incredibly stupid if they just don't uh, discontinue this product. I mean, will they continue giving this to customers? I would discontinue this product if I was, yeah. or at least stop it too. for now and maybe reformulate yeah. it with slightly less mm-hmm. caffeine or something like that. Yeah. It says here, this man was a part of, uh, apparently they have like a, uh, like a club, like a membership club. Called the right. Unlimited right. Sip Club, which he was part of. It's a me- uh-huh. this membership allows patrons with a subscription to f- free refills of drinks at no cost. Okay, so if it's refills, it has to be in the open. Um, right? no, not necessarily. Because if he has the card and he goes, "Hey, I want a free refill," and gives it to them, mm. oh yeah, that's true. And they don't even really know necessarily, depending on you know what time of day, if they just change staff, whether or not. Can I ask? Like yeah. whether, like if he got a f- refill and then he got another one, they don't know what the last drink he got was. Right. It could have been, yeah. you know, a, a Sprite. Can I ask a stupid question? Uh, was all of the trees drink at the same place? Because that also matters. I believe so, yeah. Because it says he okay. left this specific one and went back to his house. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, because that would matter. I yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, just it says he suffered cardiac arrest on the way home from his local Panera, where he drank mm. three charged lemonades. Yeah, so, yeah, that yeah. says all at the same place to me. So, what I think happened is George Santos 
uh, went to uh, Panera, got some charged lemonade, he uh, put it on his body, and then he got crazy on caffeine and become the Disneyland trigger. That's what I believe happened with George Santos. He, uh, he may even lie about that and say it was him, just to, like, <laughs> get some weird internet clout. Public, yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Do you think all, uh, because they say all media is good media, do you think, like, people, like, that didn't know Panera Bread was a thing would, like, go, oh, I'm definitely going to try that lemonade right now. Do you think this, this will actually help their sale? There is a weird thing of products, at least, I don't know if it still is, but there's like the, you know, uh, this is so bad you want to eat it thing, like that, that yeah. uh, the heart attack grill in Las Vegas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. like that same kind of marketing, like it's so bad yeah. that uh, people want to try it. You have to thing. try it, yeah. Right. There is that, there is that, I suppose. But yeah, this didn't... <sighs> I, I, I think it is so funny because he went to the small world. <laughs> it's a small world, right? It's a small penis after all. That was in my head. Right? <laughs> that would be so funny. Uh, yeah, this guy, uh, uh, last week, a man was arrested after stripping naked at Disneyland. Just after 1.30 p.m., officers responded to a Disneyland... Oh, two Disneyland... 1.30 p.m.? Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I'm guessing this guy was on drugs, but re responding yes. to Disneyland to assist the Disney security with a guest who was remove, who removed his clothes and was naked in or near the Small World attraction, uh, upon officers' arrivals, they arrested the 26-year-old man for indecent exposure and being under the influence of a controlled substance. Oh, yeah, the controlled substance was probably the Panera Bread Shark Lemonade. That, it's possible, or like it yeah. interacting with some other uh, medication. Uh, the Disneyland Resort representative told Denline that the man got off the attraction while it was in motion, and park operators stopped <laughs> the ride when they became aware of the situation. Yeah, there's videos of this out there, and there's people in the background just yelling, like, Get yeah. in, get in, what are you doing? Like, people just yelling at him, basically. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's Disneyland, so there's children all around, which is, like, the worst right. part of the whole thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Other than, you know, he clearly just had, like, a bad trip, is what I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who knows what he was on, but... But it is it is a funny thing. I, I, I think it makes it even more funny that it's a small world, uh, right? I think uh, that makes it even more funny. <laughs> but that's me. You know he was tripping and, like, all those little, you know, the little kids on that ride that are dancing and everything, He was mm -hmm. they were, like, yeah. totally living <laughs> and, like, talking to him and being like, hey, yeah. come join us. We're... <laughs> It's like the German part, and he's like, they're like, we got sausages and beer for you. Yeah. Also, I think it's kind of funny that I know that song without being fucking on the ride. <laughs> Never be. On it the ride. I've been on the ride, and number one, that song is super annoying by the end of it. It's so annoying. And it's that he, he's in the water of it and stuff in this, and yeah, I've been. Yeah on that ride, at least when I was on it, there's trash floating around, the water is yeah. gross looking, it is yeah. not a nice looking, it's not water that I would want to be in, it's like, it looks like right. a sewage uh, drain, uh, drain or something. Well, at least we can say it was not Tron, even though it uh, sounds like he's outside in this uh, 
thing that we will listen to. Maybe he was at the bus stop going to Disneyland. Tron, don't go to Disneyland. <laughs> don't do it! <laughs> Hello, this is Tron with Tron Tells the Truth from Bergen. For the last four, four or five months, I stayed out of Facebook. I, the only social media I've been on is Twitter, sometimes LinkedIn. After the election in September, I had to get away. I was tired. 30 years of politics has been annoying and dragging on. It's been horrible, really. I lost everything. I invested everything and was put out in the cold. I became a father in June, so with all those thoughts in my mind, I just had to re-find myself, see what I can do, what the future brings. You can call it the midlife crisis, but I'm not so sure. After I get away from Facebook for so many months, I really found out that Facebook isn't places we have your real friends. It's okay. It's nothing more. It's more like how you want to show yourself, how you want to lie to the world about yourself. But I haven't missed it. But sometimes I feel like the whole world that I had is disappeared. Where are all those people I knew? Where are all those friends who supported me and I supported them? Where are they? It's like when you're not on the social media, you cannot put up, take up your phone and say, Hi, Tron, how are you doing? Or send an email. SMS, like used to. We have more ways of communication than ever, but we still not have the ability to not talk with each other if you're not all in the same place as everyone else. We have the opportunity and we don't use it. When I was a kid, calling long distance was expensive. We used to, in Norway, we used to call people on the other side of the, of the country after five o'clock because then it was cheaper. Now, you can talk with, have a live feed with your friends on the beach of Tha in Thailand in real time. Because you're nothing. You just need no Wi-Fi on your local coffee shop or something like that. Are we more friendly? Are we more social, active? I don't know. I write with people from the Philippines, from Turkey, from India. I feel closer to them than most of my people in my own town. That's not because of social media, just because those people are also lonely. They are lonely in countries who have more, way more people than most countries in the world. But we're still lonely. We're still hidden. We're still not there. I'm gonna open Facebook again and see how reaction will be and how I will react on it. But it is sad really that communication between people have come to this. That maybe that's what's wrong. Before when terrible things happen in the world, when you need to have a twenty four hour news cycle, people really cared. There were more people who thought about how people had the poverty and war and so on before, but now when you have all that resources, we can't do it, and we have all the news about it and knowledge about it, we don't do anything. We sit down being angry and being lonely, just trying to be where everyone else is and where we can be dumped and be cancelled.
Maybe Facebook isn't the right place. Maybe social media isn't the right place at all. Have it given me some joy, but I'm still as lonely now as I was during two years ago. The pandemic was nicer because that brought people together. Now, when people are out of their houses, and we can't come together, we are more alone than ever. This was Tron with Tron Tells the Truth. Have a nice day. That was our outgoing reporter, Tron, with uh, the truth. Uh, Our on-the-streets reporter, apparently, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think he's right about the 24-hour news cycle. I, I... don't think oh, don't, I don't think he's the first person to say that though either. Is that like right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The thing about the 24-hour news cycle is they always have to find something to uh put on there and so it can mm. ca- what what it can cause is over-examining, over-explaining things that don't need to be explained that much or like mm. focusing on things so much that it diverts attention from actually important things also, right? I yeah. I I agree, yeah. Mhm. Well, you gorged. Is that what you call it when you really like liked a show? You gorged. Is that the saying? I don't think so. You binged, but gorged and binge are kind of similar words, I suppose. Yeah, because I I would say like if you really recommend something to me, I would say that you gorged about it. I don't think that's right. No, that's no. incorrect. Okay, what would you say then? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the word is for that. Uh, yeah. Maybe that is the right word. Yeah. Anyway, you really talked nice about a show called uh, Bargain last uh, week that I had not watched. Uh, you really, really liked it and said, hey, you will uh, like this, bro. Guess what? I did. <laughs> mm-hmm. What a fucking amazing show. Jesus Christ almighty. And... Holy moly, that was a good show. I uh, I have to admit that um, I was go- just going to watch two episodes and then go to bed. Okay. Uh, I didn't really sleep that well that night because I saw all of it. I was so engaged. Oh, okay. Well, that, that's good <laughs> and bad, bad, I guess. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, so for people that don't know, uh, it's a show about... Uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, a mafia-like organization that steals uh, people's uh, uh, organs on the black market and sell it to rich customers. And it uh, all of a sudden, uh, in the middle of an auction, uh, they have an uh, earthquake. And we follow people uh, from that au- auction through a story. That is more or less... Uh, what it is about mm-hmm. and the acting and the special effects and everything about it is fucking amazing <laughs> uh, yeah the set is... design is even really good because you it would it's pretty hard to make a disaster area and have it yes. look also be uh what's the word for it? interesting St- stylistic yeah yeah yes and Holy moly, especially like in episode two when she like dives into the pool. Mm-hmm. That's that scene just got me. I was like, okay, I like, I no, I don't. I'm sorry, look, I didn't like the show. I loved it. <laughs> oh, there was also some symbolism there because at the beginning, oh, she's goodness. like at the top of this whole crew, she's yes. like the, 
She's second to the top, you know. She's like right, and then the head honcho. Right. Well, second to the yeah. top to the head honcho, and then yeah, yeah. At the end of like that episode or the beginning of the second episode, her mm-hmm. diving down to the bottom of the building is almost like a symbolic of her yeah. like going, you know, l- losing that status uh, in her life. Yeah. I really hope they are going to make a season two because that ending. Oh, ah, I'm not going to spoil it, but. It was really good. Well, it's Korean, so uh, they possibly ha- already have a second season of it. <laughs> probably, yeah. Um, I'm not going to agree with you on the score either. I'm going to give this a 9.5. I fucking loved it. It is one of my favorite shows. Okay. Uh, yeah. I saw a show, a reality show. Um, mm-hmm. Reality horror kind of show is on Hulu. It's called mm-hmm. Living for the Dead. Did you see this? Oh my god, yes. Um, it's That was something. It is narrated by Kristen Stewart. Uh, she's never in it. <laughs> she's never in the show. But no. she like does like a couple sentences at the beginning of the episode and then a few uh-huh. other sentences at the end of the episode. And that's about all uh-huh. that she's in the show. It's actually yep. about five uh, ghost hunters who are all... Mm-hmm. LGBTQ plus in some way, each one of them is, uh, mm-hmm. and they go around and find all the haunted locations around America that you've seen in every other go- ghost show ever. They're all mm-hmm. the same. If you've seen Ghost Hunters or you've seen any of the other uh, paranormal ghost hunting type shows, you've seen all mm-hmm. the locations that are in this show. Yeah, I think I talked about this show maybe uh, two weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's fake as hell. I mean, all, most... It's so fake. Most ghost shows are fake as hell, right? Uh, mm-hmm. This is like Zach Baggins level fake uh, ghost show. And they mm-hmm. always keep trying to equate it back to, like, you know, the LGBTQ plus experience, as <sighs> if, like, being a ghost is just like being gay, I guess, sometimes. Like, they try to equate those things, like... Uh, and it does. It, it never so, really works. <laughs> it is so cringe. It is like like I said uh, when I talked about it. It is one of the most cringe show I have ever watched in my entire life. Like I I hated it with a passion when I watched it, and uh, especially like when they go to the like uh, motel that's like the clown motel. Uh, is that the first or the second episode? If that was the first one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is, and and they really like try to like, uh, put it in in a context where it isn't. That's one one of the things I hated most about it. It's like they push their, uh, I, I hate this word, this woke liberal agenda into a ghost show. Like it has nothing there. If like, anything, using that agenda in a ghost show that is yeah. fake. Yeah, makes it come across as though you, what you're trying to push is also fake, even though clear, mm-hmm. you know, it's not. But like, right. when you're trying to put those a fake thing with a real thing, and you're trying to make oh. them work together, it cancels itself out. You see what I'm saying? Mm. And so yeah. it's almost bad for the like LGBTQ movement to have a show like this. It, it, I, I mean, I'm not spe- I'm, I'm not gay, so I can't speak for all. Uh, all all LGBTQ plus people, but it felt right. to me from the outside to dis 
discount certain things about that yeah. experience, I guess. And so that, in yeah. that way, yeah, it's one of the worst shows possibly of the year. I don't know. We'll see. But I would definitely give this uh, a 1.5. Yeah, I think I gave it a zero when I watched it. It is just, like, atrociously bad. As someone that looks uh, as uh, upon themselves as uh, bisexual, I can say that this was against the movement. It felt... It felt cringe. That is the word. I'm I, I mean, Ghost Adventures, which is the Zach Baggins show, is already cringe, and this is on that yes. same level. But then they like mm-hmm. make it all about uh, their experiences and stuff, which just makes their experiences come off disingenuous because the Ghost Adventures part is fake. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay, I saw the Doll Factory uh, this week. Uh, this is on Paramount Plus. In the UK, I have to say. I'm right, yeah. Old. I tried to find it last week, and it was not available. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's going to come to the US, is it? it you know? My guess it would be only if it gets a good reception on on the UK version, but I'm, I could okay. be wrong. Well, uh, I'm going to say that it's not that good, so I don't think it will. Uh, so... Uh, it's about this uh, woman called Iris. Uh, she paints doll for a living uh, with her twin sister. Uh, so it's uh, an acting job for uh, to uh, for the same person twice. Uh, it's uh, not that good. I I'm going to give it a six, um, and I'm going to say that it's. A period thriller that doesn't really fit into anything. Okay. And I, I, I saw that this was is based on a book. Uh, it made me interested in reading in the book actually, uh, just to see uh, because the material felt interesting, but it became a costume drama, and I, I don't especially like shows that are just that with no substance. If you get what I mean. It felt very, like, bland and without any, like, uh, interesting to tell. But I will say that uh, the filming itself and uh, some of the acting is really good. I think the most I had a problem with was just uh, the storyline and and how they told it. So I'm going to give it a 6, yeah, out of 10. Okay. Um... I might see it if it ever... I'm, I was trying to look up... I don't see anything about it coming to the U.S., so... If, mm. it, if it does, it's not going to be anytime soon. Um, Another period piece, I guess. The Artful, Artful Dodger. Mm-hmm. Um, this was interesting, not because it was a good show, but because... No. It was made for Disney+. Plus, mm-hmm. And we talked last week about how Disney+, Plus is going to start merging with Hulu, which, mm-hmm. that's interesting because this show was on Hulu. Even though it was made okay. for Disney Plus, so they're already yeah, starting it, that transition, is what that tells me, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's also Austra- Australian, like another show that we will talk about very soon. Uh, but but uh, yeah, no, I uh, I didn't like this at all. Uh, the acting was very bad. Uh, I thought the acting was mid level. I don't think it was very bad. I think the okay. I think it was, you know, they were young actors, so you got to put that into perspective. Yeah, um, but the main main actor was not good. That's maybe my prob- biggest problem. 
I don't think he was terrible, terrible in the sense that I've seen much worse. I I thought mm. the the show itself was, um, if you haven't uh, read Oliver Twist in the last mm-hmm. like year, you're gonna kind of be f- confused <laughs> as to some of the storylines <laughs> because yeah, yeah. you really have to know every character from that book. Which like over yeah. the course of the first episode, I kind of like started to remember stuff because I hadn't mm-hmm. read that book since I was in like middle school or something really long time ago um and so like yeah it's like one of those things where you really have to understand the original oliver material yeah yeah, or maybe go watch like a movie version of it before you see this or something because like Mm -hmm. it's based off of that but it's a character that's barely really even in oliver twist it's kind he's like not a main character uh the artful dodger and so it's a spin-off that strangely goes in a weird direction of him becoming like a doctor. Right. Uh, yeah, and it's the story itself he oh, he uh gets a gambling debt. He's a doctor now. Uh his old uh the guy Vegan who used to run the the squad, the Oliver Twist mm-hmm. uh children squad of robbing people comes back uh, and they work together to try to get his debt paid off. Uh, mm-hmm. As at the same time, he falls in love with the rich with the rich woman. Yeah, there you go. Of course, uh, that's that whole concept is pretty you know blah. The yeah. costume design. I don't really like this time period, but some people do. Uh, it felt you know very a, a little bit yaw. So overall, I don't yeah. know. I'd probably give it like a probably a four point five. Yeah, I gave it a five uh, in the middle. It felt... Uh, I think the Doll Factory was a tiny bit uh, better, but I, I I had the same problem with this as I had with the Doll Factory, that I don't really like costume dramas, mm-hmm. and I, I don't like boring costume dramas. Uh, so, yeah, no, I gave it a five. It's... It's totally watchable, but uh, I'm not going to bother more than two episodes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's talk about another Australian show, Paper Dolls. This is on Paramount Plus. More dolls, okay. Yes. <laughs> this is a, a show that I watched and I thought, this is something Luke will fucking hate with a passion. Okay. <laughs> What's it about? Because, because it's a music show. And I know that you love music shows uh, where there's a lot of singing. Um, it's a musical uh, or it's a show like American Idol type music show? No, it's uh, so it's about this fake um, pop group uh, called uh, The Hallows. Okay. Uh, that uh, are in this uh, competition like pop star or idol and it's about how they uh, want to be in the spotlight and their pursuit of uh, pop stardom and fame and uh, it follows like the rise and fall of this uh, manufactured uh, uh, girl group and uh, it contains a lot of singing, so <laughs> I'm warning you. <laughs> well, that doesn't mean I wouldn't like, because that kind of show I might like more than I would like a musical. Like, uh, what was that Amazon Prime show, Daisy Jones? 
Mm-hmm. Remember that show? I liked that yeah. show, and that was That's all about. True. And they played music on that too. I just fast forward yeah. through the musical bits, and then I liked it. Yeah, but that's maybe a lot of the problem. You will not watch a lot of this show. Then. <laughs> There'll be a lot of fast forwarding uh, happening. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You will be done with the show. Uh, but I liked it. Uh, I think the filming was really good. I really liked the acting in this. Uh, very uh, cool filming. It it reminded me a little of uh, Euphoria. Sometimes, okay, uh, with the filming, but uh, other a lot than of that, fake penises not... happening. <laughs> no, okay, <laughs> that was Euphoria. That was uh, the idol. Um... No, they did that in Euphoria too. <laughs> oh, they did that in yeah because it was a bunch of young people, so they couldn't show their real penises, so they uh... they they put fake penises on them. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm going to give this a seven. But I will say that uh, I. Don't think you will like this, but I did. If you, if you were an actor and they're like, "Hey, we're gonna put a fake penis on you for this scene," would you go up mm-hmm. in size? Uh, yes. Or, or uh, do you think they were allowed? Were they like, did they no, have to make a I mold? Or would you be like, hey, can I, you know what I'm saying? Like, Can I get a 90-year-old big penis, please? Right, just dangling balls, just huge, like, old man balls, please. That's <laughs> just what wrinkly and hanging. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I don't, I don't think you would. Uh, oh, a reality show that came out a, a little while ago. Let me see when did... I don't know when this came out. October? Okay. So not that long ago, Rachel Ray mm-hmm. show. All right, so okay. you know Rachel Ray, the, yes. co- the she's a chef, right? Yes. Uh-huh. This is a home renovation show. Um, Yay! Called Rachel Ray rebuilds. <laughs> well, uh, exactly what I need. <laughs> I was I was much more worried that the, she was going to be way involved in like. Uh, you know, building the house or like fake mm-hmm. building the house. You know, they do that where they like come in and use a hammer on one thing and then pretend that they did something. But no, mm-hmm. she actually d- kind of stays out of it. She is like the host mostly. So what it is is they go to somebody's house who was destroyed or like damaged severely by a natural disaster. So tornadoes, floods, fires, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they do kind of like a a home improvement thing where they redo their house, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what was that old ABC show where they, like, made a new house for people? Kind of like that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and she, she may mostly just host it, and then occasionally she'll, like, put in some, like, interior design ideas or whatever. Not really anything serious. But what she's really mm-hmm. involved in is when they do the reveal of the house and they go, oh, look at our new house... Then Rachel Ray comes in and makes them a really nice dinner for their first night in their new home, which is kind of an interesting concept because they bring their whole family and they all sit around the table and talk about what I love the most, a cooking show and a fucking renovation show and a renovation show put together. Right. Yeah. Um, They don't actually show you like any of her cooking. They just bring out the meal and then it's like a discussion around the table. Oh, Uh, yes. She's totally made it. So she really isn't even barely involved in the show itself. (laughs) They just wanted to put her name on this renovation show. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was, you know, a crappy knockoff of a lot of other renovation shows. They just slapped Rachel Ray's name on it. It's definitely like a three. Mm -hmm. A three. Okay. 
I saw a completely ordinary family. Uh, you had seen that like two weeks ago. Okay. I think the Swedish show, right? Complete. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Uh, it's called that in in which Netflix. Okay, let me look at what it was called in American. Continue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is uh, it's an ordinary family where everything is por- perfect. Uh, then uh, there's a murder, and uh, the family kind of has to protect, um, yeah, uh, one of their members, and uh, it goes away. I uh, usually, uh, so when I watch things with Luke, we usually watch things in American because then it's uh, better for me to like listen and look at this. So uh, when I watched this, I uh, watched half of it in American and w- w- half of it in Swedish just to hear how the dub was. Mm-hmm. You know? Dub destroyed a lot of this. Um, I, I really didn't like the dub. Uh, uh, but uh, it's an okay show. It's completely uh, something. It felt like something I have seen a thousand times before. I felt that uh, too. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's like it doesn't really have anything interesting to tell. But that being said, uh, there's only six episodes, so it's very easy to to watch. Uh, so it's not that long. Uh, I will give it a six, I think. Yeah, I think six is a perfect. Okay. It, it was called yeah. a nearly normal family here. Oh, a nearly Okay. Yeah. And it's called a completely ordinary family. Same meaning, different words. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I saw something that kind of was trending uh, on Twitter, I think, last week or maybe... I just saw, like, maybe people were just talking about it for whatever reason, but on Netflix there was a doc that came out called Escaping Twin Flames. Yep, I've seen this. Uh, did you watch it this week or when it came out? No. When it came out? I, I watched when it came out. So, I think last month it came out. Yeah, uh, I want to say that. It's another cult documentary uh, mm-hmm. about a couple who started an online cult uh, claiming that they could find your twin flame or like your perfect yeah uh, soulmate yeah your perfect soulmate right who mm-hmm. according to them like there's only one of them in the entire world and if you yep. don't find if you don't connect with this person you're never going to have a, a, a soulmate there's no one else anywhere yeah. in the seven <laughs> in the eight world. trillion people on earth yeah <laughs> yeah it's only this person. Yeah, that and and these people, these two people, know who that person is. They have like the ability to tap into the ether somehow to like. Yeah. And people bought into this, and it's not an old cult. It currently still exists, as because at the end of the episodes, it says this couple uh, is continuing to do it. Um, people aren't, uh, you know, it, it's a it's a cult that's still happening, and they deny it's a cult basically. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of. In the genre of cult documentaries, most of the time it's created after the cult is done and the person's arrested or dead or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, And this one is an ongoing uh, discussion. So that was the most interesting thing about it to me. Other than that, pretty standard Mm. Netflix cult 
doc, right? I've seen a lot of Netflix cult docs at this point. Right. Yeah, me too. So overall, I'd probably give it a 6.5. Mm-hmm. I mean, it yeah, does. It's, it, Go it's ahead. really interesting because I, had, I never had heard about it. That's one of the things I very much liked about it. I had heard of Twin Flames, the concept, and it's been bantered around on the internet for a little while, but I didn't really realize where that concept was, like, being pushed out of, Mm. and that this was the place that, like, kind of, um, that this cult was the thing that was spreading it to people, yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the worst show I watched this week. Holy fuck, this is bad. Obliterated on Netflix. Yeah, I saw this. Holy fuck. When did Netflix start with softcore porn, I may ask? I don't know, but the it seems like the CIA is also involved in this, so I'm not really surprised. It seems like maybe this is just weird uh, government CIA propaganda. <laughs> Guess what? Right. Being like a super secret CIA agent is actually super fun, and you can get drunk and wasted and hang out with your friends. So this is a comedy show. I'm going to use that... Uh, uh, very fucking loosely because I laughed but not for the reasons this show wanted me to laugh mm-hmm. that's for fucking sure it's about this special group in the FBI, CIA, whatever it's gotta be uh, like a CIA black group who like takes out um, you know uh, takes out people who other people can't get to yeah Right, and they are in this. Uh, uh, they are uh, uh, going to save uh, the world in Las Vegas, and then they celebrate uh, their uh, winning, and then a real threat starts, and uh, they have to be sober and uh, save the city and the world. Uh, there are more sex in this show that I have seen in some softcore porns. I I really, really, really don't uh, fucking understand this show because it is atrociously bad. I I I I I I will I don't think I have seen something this bad in quite a while. I think this was on the same level as NCIS uh, Australia. What was it called? Sydney NCIS right. Sydney. These were on the those. I think it's worse. I think these were on the exact same level of quality. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think they, as far as like the acting, the dialogue, everything like that, they were similar uh, in that style. I even think maybe the cinematography was better in this than it was in mm. NCIS. Uh, I want to say Australia, but it's Sydney, I think, right? That's what it's called? But did we need those sex scenes, like, all the fucking time in the show? I mean, that's just a new thing about TV and and movies, is, like, you have to show dick in, like, everything now. It's just... And breasts. Yeah. Oh, holy fuck. They fucked in the showers <laughs> for, for, like, two-thirds of the that was the other thing. It's like, these don't need to be hour-long episodes. This is a show that should be a right. half an hour long. I'm so fucking sick exactly. of hour-long TV shows that don't need to be an hour long. It's totally unnecessary. Yeah. I don't yeah. need all yeah. this extra bullshit in there. This is this is a perfect example of a show that should have been 27 <laughs> minutes per yes. episode. Yes. Yes. 
But yeah, no, it is one of the worst things I have ever seen in my entire life. I I hated this with a passion. I'm going to give it a one. I, I would give it a two point five. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, the last thing I saw was on Max, uh, mm-hmm. formerly known as HBO Max, called Bookie. Mm-hmm. Me too. That is the last thing I watched this week. <laughs> Uh, it's got Charlie Sheen in it, but only in the first episode. For three seconds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was glad to see Jorge Garcia from Lost. He was the mm-hmm. Uber driver in this for a minute. But the main character okay. is, uh, what's his name? It says here, Sebastian Maniscalco? Scalaco? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's the main character. Omar Dorsey is like his sidekick. They're two bookies, hence the name Bookie, um, who are mm-hmm. just... It's basically about them trying to run their their business as bookies uh, without violence, right? That's kind of the basis of the whole yeah. show. Is like most bookies, if, you, um, if you're lost a bunch of times and you owe them a bunch of money, they're going to break your finger or break your leg or whatever, uh, or mm-hmm. kill even kill you. But this guy's like... I'm a bookie who doesn't do... I'm the good book... I'm the good guy bookie, kind of, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it also has Omar J. Uh, Dorsey in it uh, as his companion, I should say. Yeah, I said um, Oh, you did say that. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, I know the main guy as a comedy guy, like he's a comedian. Yeah, he's a uh, stand-up com- comedy guy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you think this was funny? I thought it had funny parts. Um, yeah, I thought it was more of a drama, action drama than it was a comedy, but it had funny parts. Yeah. I like the part where he, uh, they get robbed. That part was funny. Right. Yeah. It is the creator behind Two and a Half Men and the Kominsky Method. So uh, I, I have to say maybe my expectations were a little too high on this. Because I, 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 I know I'm the crazy one, but I am one of those very few people that like to an Man and the Kominsky method. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, uh, I, I don't think this clicked with me entirely. It was exactly what I was expecting going into it. To be honest, okay. when I went into okay. this, I was expecting exactly what I got out of it, which was just hmm. uh, a slightly gangster movie, but a com like. Remember Tulsa King from earlier this year with Sylvester yeah. Stallone? Yeah, I would say these that, ones, yeah. same level, same like yeah. comedy, same type of story, same kind of mm-hmm. acting, same kind of cinematography. That, yeah. So overall, I'd give this um, probably a 7. Okay. I gave it a 5.5, actually. Okay. Yeah. I think it's I one of those things that you could have on in the background and not really pay attention to, and it could be entertaining, but you don't sure. really need to, like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I totally. Agree. Yeah. Okay, uh, Surviving Paradise, Episode 7, Look, Finally, something happened. Uh, yeah. What, what did happen? Let me see. Uh, episode 7. Race to survive. Two outsiders go head-to-head in a survival drop duel that results in one player going home. A dramatic mm-hmm. vote creates bad blood between former allies. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they had to. The insiders had to pick two outsiders to go uh, 
do a, an elimination challenge, which is what they mm-hmm. survival drop. I don't know why they call it that. There's no drop involved, and there's no survival really involved, right. other than and surviving the elimination, I guess. Exactly, and this is also the first time they used the word insiders for the people. For right? the people yeah. in the in the villa, in the house, yeah. Yeah. which it makes sense because they've always called the people at camp the outsiders. Yeah. So to call the other ones the, the insiders, the insiders, yeah. Though. But it's yeah. It's like they just <laughs> came up with it this episode. Them. Yeah. Not that that's new yeah. for the show. Just coming up with shit like no. randomly. <laughs> just <laughs> randomly in the middle of the season, they come up with something. That's not really surprising <laughs> to this show. Um, but yeah, it, they didn't even do like a new game for the elimination. No. They just did the same game they did a few episodes ago with the. Yeah. Uh, you got to choose a box and then whoever didn't pick has to decide whether they keep the box or to, to switch the yeah, box. Yeah, it was the carrot game all over again. But just only with two people uh, instead of a whole bunch of people going against each other, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was less so exciting. It was, it was Tabitha and what's the guy's name? The guy that I don't we don't ever remember his name because he's barely in the show. Right. Yeah. Right, him. Black haired guy. He has black, <laughs> black, black curly haired guy. Yeah. That's what we're going to call them. Uh, yeah, I was so happy that Tabitha lost that. I had, I don't think I have been that happy in my entire life uh, when it comes to this show, at least. <laughs> That's just it. In this game, it's always, like, most of it's based off of, you know, uh, voting. And if the mm-hmm. voting, if it would have gone down to voting, she would have got kicked out anyways. So yeah. this, like, yeah, I don't like the, we've said this in the past, but the inconsistency with how people are decided to, you know, go, go to the villa, out. not go to the villa, it, be eliminated, not be eliminated. Like, it's all over the place. You never really know how that's going to be decided. So the And especially this ending proved that very much because uh, the insiders have to put uh, one of the insiders uh, in, the, uh, in the camp with outsiders, and he gets to pick someone else. Like, to go to have to go to camp with with them yeah. with him yeah yeah and that has never fucking happened before it's gone the other way where the, yeah. somebody went to the villa and they got to pick somebody to go to the villa though so it's gone right. the opposite way but not that way yeah yeah which and yeah. that doesn't really make sense in just because uh the only reason to pick somebody to go to the outside when you're also going there i guess mm-hmm. would be to pick somebody who you think is going to vote for you to go back to the villa. So in, in, inevitably, you're going to have to pick your ally, which then is going to make them mad and make them not your ally, right? So it's like a yeah. lose-lose for that person no matter what. Uh, next week is the next last episode. Do you, you think we'll learn the rules to this fucking reality show? <laughs> right, you think maybe this second to last episode they'll finally reveal how you win? Because that's really the thing that we don't know is like how you actually win the two hundred thousand dollars that they keep talking about. Yeah. We just know the people in the. Here's a good question. Once it's like down to the because they said this episode, mm. there's only after this elimination that we just had this episode. There's only one more chance for you to get back into the villa. That's what they said. Right. Yeah. What happens to all the people in the camp after that one last chance happens? Do they just leave? Are they? Right. Do they get to vote at the end? Like, what's their fate right. a- after that? Yeah. yeah. There's no. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I love how they make the rules up, like, week after week after week. They just make the <laughs> shit up as they go, and then don't expect you to call them out on it, because they think you're just going to binge the show and not really pay attention, yes. so, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm 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 actually looking forward to get to the end of this. I'm very happy that we just have two episodes left. To be fair, I mean it's been funny, and it yeah. uh, it's definitely not not entertaining. It's not like so no, annoying that I feel boring. that I like when we go to watch it. I'm not like, oh god, we're gonna have to watch this. Sh so yeah, yeah. yeah, it's not boring at all. No, it's not like Paris cooking show that we watched every fucking episode of. Yeah, but that was also a half an hour long, so that was, like, easy to watch, so... Right. Yeah. Okay, uh, Peacock is doing amazing, right? Well, it's doing good and bad, according to it. Uh, according to the, the Comcast CEO, Peacock is closing out 2023 with some good news. The streaming service has reached 300 million paid subscribers. Mm -hmm. uh, it, they boasted about Peacock's growth over the first three years... During a global or UBS global media and communications conference, saying 30 million paying subscribers for Peacock now. Switching gears, that's roughly ten dollars monthly, and we've it's only been three years. Okay, um, but what it's saying also uh, is that there's a loss of 2.8 billion within that that's, time. Yeah, that's B with. B -b -b billion. That's not unusual, though. Like, Netflix lost money for, like, 15 years before they ever made any profit. That on is their, true, yeah. 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 Th that's kind of the model of these businesses, is to lose money until they finally make money. That's always, like, mm -hmm. that was Twitter's business model, that was all these uh, startup internet companies, have. that's always been the model, and they're just following it the same way. They just have yeah. the backing of Comcast and uh, NBC Universal, so they don't really yeah. have to worry about it as much. <laughs> they have a lot of money to go on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're not worried yeah. about this th this money. They'll they'll find a way to get it back. Yeah, because uh, another company that's making a lot of dough is uh, Spotify. But uh, Spotify cuts more than fifteen hundred jobs amid rising costs. Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, the music streaming service blamed a slowing economy and higher borrowing costs as the later latest rounds of redundancies at the tech company. Uh, the uh, founder and chief executive Daniel X said that finding or deciding to cut 17% of its workforce and the third steepest round of redundancies in 2023, the company faces pressure from uh, investors. That's what that's why they did it, I guess. Act told mm. employees they would receive a calendar invitation within the next two hours from HR for a one-on-one -on -one conversation if they were to be affected by the cuts. Uh, that was, mm. like, over the weekend. And then, yeah, so... Uh, what does that mean for Spotify, I guess? It seems like they're doing it because of investors, so... Uh, I would guess they're probably going to start cutting other things or maybe even raising subscription fee that's the next kind of move if we see mm. if we see that they're actually um if there's problems yeah like if we the actual what? company yeah i went to audible and i i uh went to their search menu and i went to uh, uh, spotify uh do you want to hear the top three <laughs> books about spotify okay 
Spotify profits 2.0, music marketing and the business strategies for a new singles economy uh, by Chris Greenwood. Uh, and then you can get Spotify. Como una startup susigiano la balano por el diamiano del audio Apple. Uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you can get uh, Spotify profits. How I got a uh, hundred thousand followers and 12 million streams marketing by music on Spotify. Uh, and you can get all those books on audibletrial.com slash ADC. That's audibletrial.com slash ADC. Okay, then let's talk about some movies. Yeah, I watched a Norwegian movie in quotes. <laughs> it is called My Norwegian Holiday. And it's a Lifetime movie? Question mark? Uh, I don't know. Let's check it out. Um, my mm. Norwegian Holiday. All right. Um, yeah. So it's American? It's not Norwegian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, uh, directed by David Mackey. Uh, Hallmark um, Channel. Okay. Hallmark. Okay. All right. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, this is funny because one of the things I, I like the most about this movie uh, is American actors pretending they being from Norway. Because uh, especially when they are like trying to imitate the Norwegian accent. Sure. Uh, uh, for example, uh, David... Uh, Elson Dorn that plays Henrik Strom. That is so funny because he's he's very trying to talk like this, you know. So he's like an <laughs> he's an American who came, like came from Norway, but probably was born in America. Just happens to have Norwegian right. like ancestry or something. Is that right? Yes, okay. Yeah. And it's it's so funny. Like listen to to they have some Norwegian actor uh, actors in it, but but. Most of them are like Americans. The main like, actors are American, yeah, and yeah. then like the side characters are probably because it's filmed in Norway. I would assume. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it has actually a seven point six out of ten on IMDb. Look, I loved it. It was very cute. It was very like, it was fun for me to see some something Norwegian on American television. I'm going to give it a 6.5, actually. I'd say it's like it's watchable. It's it's harmless. I think you'll. I think yeah. I think you'll like it, actually. <laughs> uh, okay. I probably would not. It's a Hallmark Channel movie, but uh, yeah. Uh, is is it a, like a Christmas movie or is it just like a, yeah yeah okay no it's a Christmas. Movie. I would assume so. They're like probably wearing. One's wearing red, one's wearing green on the cover, and then... Oh, you have no clue how... <laughs> and then there's snow on, on the ground in the background. Yep. Right? Yeah. Yep. That's yep. not like any other Hallmark movie. Uh, let's see, what did I see? Oh, this is definitely uh, also a Christmas movie. Candy Cane Lane. Uh, this was on Prime. I think this was a Prime original. Uh, Eddie Murphy movie with Jillian Bell. Uh, oh my god, I heard this was atrociously bad. It is a movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I went into it with really low expectations, so, like, in that sense, I was somewhat entertained. I was expecting it to kind of be more, uh, uh, the, the Santa Claus with Tim Allen kind of style oh, okay. like that, which this was more of, like, a family... 
drama comedy where the family has to they have to get together to fight back against the evil elf that uh, oh my escaped God. escaped the North Pole and now wants to destroy Christmas kind of, of movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it, but it also has this weird aspect of their trying to to win a, uh, a their streets lighting competition like Christmas lights on their house. They're trying to win a, this money prize so that they can he can save the family because he just lost his job the day before Christmas. So there's this whole mm-hmm. other other aspect to it. Uh, it's very bad, very cheesy, but at the same time it doesn't take itself seriously at all. So it. Okay kind of redeems itself in that it um, knows that it's trying to just be a goofy, bad movie. It's not trying to be a serious uh, I don't know, Christmas film or whatever. So in that sense, it's it's kind of feels hallmarky. It feels a little Lifetime channel. I'd give it a a four. Okay. Yeah. I saw a small independent movie that uh, uh, nobody has heard about. Uh, Martin Scorsese's new movie, Killers of the Flower Moon. The what? I've never heard of that before. <laughs> yeah. I didn't hear it like it's insanely long or anything. Yeah, it's three hours and 28 minutes, look. Good God. Good God, indeed. Uh, it has Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro... Jesse Plemons, Lily Gladstone, uh, John Lithgow, Ben Fraser is in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy fuck, I love this movie. I love Martin Scorsese movies mm-hmm. when they are good. Yeah. yeah. I think it is uh, one of the better Martin Scorsese movies he has made in years. I really, really dig this movie. I think this will get a bunch of Oscar nominations. Oh, I already know it, for sure, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And it's... uh, It is so cool to see him, like, uh, getting back to, like, uh, uh, that area of the period. Yeah, it's... um, it's uh, when oil was discovered in Oklahoma in the 1920s. Okay. And uh, and uh, it's uh, it's about when some Native Americans get killed uh, one by one, and uh, then the FBI steps in to unravel the mystery. It's based on a book. I uh, bought the book uh, right after I saw the movie. Uh, it didn't feel uh, three and a half hours long. Uh, I think that's because of Martin Scorsese knows what he is doing. It's also an R-rated movie, so it's very like uh, uh, it is very violent, mm-hmm. and 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 it uh, the screenplay is actually by Eric Roth and Martin Scorsese, and I love Roth uh, when he's really good at it. So. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 9.5 look and recommend it very much. I'm looking forward to seeing it, but also not, because I don't really like the time period, and it's insanely long. Right. That's the, I'm like, I want to see it, but I don't want to spend four hours of my life doing right. it. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, I can understand that, but I liked that 
time period. Like I, I, I dig, I dig it. Yeah. I, I, I really thought about where uh, if you're going to like it or not. I don't know to be honest, but I, I very much enjoyed it. I think I it's think one of those movies that I'll appreciate the like craftsmanship, but not really right. enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this one that I'm about to talk about is is neither of those. Uh, Exorcist Believer. Um, <laughs> I have heard this is atrociously bad. It is very bad. Uh, <laughs> it has 22% on Rotten Tomatoes, so whatever Ooh. that says. Um, it is... Are all Exorcist movies just propaganda films for the Catholic Church? They kind of are, no. aren't they? <laughs> well, the... A little bit, in a weird way. Um... But this one is like hardcore propaganda for the church. It's very like blatant and right in right in the open about it. Um, it's about two little girls who disappear, and then they're found in a barn three days after they disappear, and you know strange things start to happen. So there are two uh, little girls who have to be exorcised in this version of The Exorcist, mm. um, and they're kind it's of a prequel, right? They're kind of connected. Uh, is it? I I don't I don't actually know. I heard it was a prequel. It might be, but I don't. Well, okay. no, because I don't think so. No? Okay. Because I'm pretty sure. Well, like time wise, I'm pretty sure this takes place like somewhat After current day. Oh, okay. Uh, like as far as I could tell, I guess I don't know. Um, I don't see anything about it being a. Let me look. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I listened to a movie podcast. Maybe it, it, I heard it incorrectly that it was a prequel. I haven't seen it, so... Yeah, I no, it, it, like like I said, it's based in, like, current day. Because they, okay. they had, okay. like, cell phones and stuff. Uh, oh, okay, then it's not the prequel. Oh, there's something because, called uh, Dominion from 2005 that was a prequel uh, oh, to The Exorcist. Oh, maybe they were talking about that, yeah. It's possible? It mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway. Yeah, no, this is, like just very preachy um not i mean i guess the exorcist the original there was a lot of talking but this is like a lot of like exposition and then a few parts where like scary shit happens uh mm. some of the scary shit is pretty scary so i'll give it that uh, but overall it's a very bad movie it's got to get like a uh a one nice yep uh, I saw a not controversial movie whatsoever this week uh, that has 6.9 on IMDb, and if you read it very quickly, it could be 69, and I would say nice. Uh, the only thing is that there's nothing nice about this movie whatsoever, uh, because I saw the not controversial movie Lady Ballers this week, because it's definitely not controversial whatsoever. I get so many fucking <laughs> ads for this, and I don't know why I get ads for this movie. Why? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Are you anti-gay trans guy? <laughs> I, that's what I, I... It's like... I don't know why I'm getting ads for this on things. It's just very strange, yeah. It has so good reviews. It has a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, look. Does it? Okay. Yes. And ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That that's definitely not been manipulated in any way. Not whatsoever. Okay, so what is this movie about? You ask. I'm not sure <laughs> because I did something I have never done 
before, I did not watch all of it. I I just couldn't. Okay, I'm seeing it's got I an saw... audience score of 94, and nobody's yeah. there's not enough reviews for it to actually have a tomato meter. There you go. That's yeah. that's what's going on there. It's made by a little unknown company uh, called Daily Wire that is not right-wing at all. Um, it's written, directed, and starring Daily Wire CEO uh, Rob Boring. Um, <laughs> and you know it's good when when, when, <laughs> when it's directed <laughs> and written and starring the CEO of da Daily Wire, Luke. Mm -hmm. That's not going to be a controversial uh, movie at all. Yeah, no, I watched... Uh, a third of it. I'm going to give it the fat big zero and say, don't even watch it. I stole this. I don't fucking care. Like, I stole this. I didn't pay money f to watch this whatsoever. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh. Ugh. Nobody seems to be reviewing it. Um. And, well, there's two... You know, there's some people... Yeah. Tongue-in-cheek farce. Yeah, no. Everybody seems to hate this, at least as far as, like, actual critics go. And then it's being, like, yeah. bumped, uh, bumped up by, you know, the crazy right-wingers on online. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about another thing that's crazy and has a lot of fans that are not at all crazy at all. Marvel fans... Uh, da, 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 da. It says here the Marvels, the Marvels, like the actual movie, the Marvels, uh, mm -hmm. ends its box office run with as the lowest gr grossing MCU movie. Uh, after four weeks on the big screen, the comic book tentpole is running out of steam with eighty million in North America and only one uh, one hundred ninety seven million globally. There would typically be optimism that attendance could rebound over the holiday season. But Disney yeah. apparently does not expect that to be the case, and it won't be reporting the film's weekend box office results any longer, meaning they're trying to hide it, obviously. Yeah. The film is, isn't leaving theaters just yet. Um, da, da, da. However, the memo sing signals that the Marvels is not expected to generate notable uh, income during the rest of December. Over the weekend, the movie tumbled to 11th place in the box office with only $2.4 million in its forthcoming outing. Okay, so it's gone way I, down. I, the yeah. advertising for it, at least here, was mm -hmm. not very good because it didn't show you what the movie was actually about in the advertising. Yeah. It was just like, do you like Marvel? Do you like the Marvel mm -hmm. movies? This is a Marvel mm -hmm. movie. Do you want to see a Marvel movie? That was the advertising. Yeah. And watch Brie Larson. Brie Larson is in this. Have we mentioned Brie Larson? You love Brie Larson, right? I mean, there wasn't a lot of that in the advertising here. It, like, kind oh, of it spread it across right. the... Like, it had her at the center, but then it, like, showed all the other characters as well. Yeah. And most, at least the advertising I saw in America, it mostly just banked off of, this is a Marvel movie, you like Marvel movies, come see mm -hmm. a Marvel movie. And so the advertising really was terrible. At the same time, nobody really wants everybody's burnt out on Marvel movies. That's the other thing that kind of some of these articles aren't really talking about. It's like people just don't want to see a Marvel movie anymore. Yeah. It might have 
like this one specifically is so off brand of like the main Marvel characters that people are going to see this one less, but also mm. people just are sick of Marvel movies. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I, I think it's so sad because like, uh, when, when Marvel movies were, was good, they were really good, but none of the new ones have been good at all. Like, after Civil War, there was no good Marvel movies, and I stand behind that. It's just repeat, repeat, repeat of the other movies over and over again. Well, why would you, if you know there's an audience that's always going to come, and no matter what crap you make, why would you spend the time and money to make something good when they're just going right. to watch it, even if you make something crappy and cheap? Yeah. 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 Okay, uh, coming next week, we'll talk news of the week, TV of the week, movies of the week, and we will do the next to last episode of Surviving Paradise, where we definitely will know the rules, right? Right? And hopefully a whole ton of people get eliminated. <laughs> Otherwise, this is none of, none of this is going to make sense. Jeremy Round, uh, let's talk about a small independent game that came out uh, with a trailer this week. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Six. It's some. It's pronounced some something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's not even the in, the trailer isn't even the interesting part of this week. What happened with that game? Because that is true. <laughs> the leak before the trailer was the really interesting part. Yeah. Of a video of somebody playing what they said was the game on like a projector screen, but and they were film. It wasn't like direct ripped footage but it was like somebody filming their tv with a camera with a camera phone right of the mm -hmm. game and people were like is that real is it not real nobody really knew and then the trailer drops so the question i i've i'm having at least i don't know about you but did they leak footage like that to hype up the trailer or did they release the trailer because the footage came out so what i have heard and uh, take this with a tiny spoonful of whatever, is that uh, what happened was that uh, uh, youth uh, of uh, somebody that worked with this uh, studio, Rockstar, mm -hmm. his son leaked it on uh, uh, TikTok or something like that. Right. Or I, Twitter or whatever. I heard that too, but I don't believe that. <laughs> Right. That is the official story. If that's true or not, I don't really know. I don't believe that for a second. Why would this kid have access to the game like the game right now? No. I mean, they wouldn't This is a game that's been in development for like 20 years practically. Are they going to give a copy even to like a developer to take home with the possibility of something like that happening? I don't I think they leaked it to hype up the the release of the trailer. And mm. like they maybe even were testing the waters. Oh, are people going to freak out if we do this and like is there going to be a huge amount of hype or not? And if there wasn't, mm. maybe they wouldn't have re released it, but because everybody was like, "Oh my god," then they were like, "Oh, it's time. We got the hype on our side. We're going to release the trailer." You see what I'm saying? Like I think mm. it was all planned. That's my opinion. I have played uh, a lot, and I mean a lot, of Baldur's Gate 3 this week. 
and last week, to be honest. Uh, one of the reasons why I got the nice computer was so I can play Baldur's Gate because everybody's talking how amazing it is. Mm-hmm. Guess what? They are 110% correct. It is amazing. I don't know how they did it, but every time I play it, it's uh, different and you can do different things and it has different out- outcomes. It is so fucking wild to, to play it. I loved it. I have absolutely nothing played anything like this before. Uh, like a tabletop game uh, doesn't sound like a good idea to make a video game out of, mm-hmm. to be honest. Sure. And it, and it works. <laughs> it, it, it just works. Like, it, it, I have never been so invested in, in something. Uh, I, I killed one of my main characters in the first uh, time I did it. And, and uh, uh, in a special way that, it, that I didn't do in the uh, second way I played it. And two completely different storylines. That's wild. Wild, I say. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it will win a bunch of uh, 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 prizes in the Game Awards that is tomorrow. Tomorrow? On a Thursday? Mm-hmm. Why are they doing it on yeah. a Thursday? That's weird. I don't know. But yeah, no, it's uh, in the Game of the Year category where I definitely think it will win. Okay. Uh, it is with uh, Alan Wake 2, uh, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4, uh, Mario Bros. Wonder, and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, Out yeah. Of them. I think it'll win that then. Yeah. yeah. What was that other big game that came out? A few like a month or two ago that everybody was freaking out about like one of the elders games what was that one uh, uh, I don't know but there was one hmm. other big game that I was like that might have a chance that everybody was talking about it like a month ago until Baldur's Gate 3 came out and then every, and that like overshadowed everything Starfield? maybe I don't know I don't remember huh. I'm not in the gaming space enough I guess uh yeah. But yeah, no, I loved it, and I I think it will get a ton of things. I am definitely going to watch it, because uh, uh, I love uh, the Game Awards, because it's like a combination of like uh, showing new uh, things that's coming and like uh, praising the things that have been. And it, it always happens with something fun, like... Uh, uh, in two, two years ago, it was the meme with the guy that came on stage and, uh, uh, and said he uh, uh, he t- took the awards for people. Also, Wedge. Well, Matt Reif uh, oh my God. is a comedian, apparently, who put out a Netflix yes. special that I'd never Apparently. heard of before last week. And even nope. last week, I was like, should we talk about this in the Jeremy round? But it wasn't really... It was a thing. Like, everybody was mad wow. about the special last week yeah. when we did the show. And it was... um, People were mad about specifically the first joke, which is a bad... I mean, it's a bad joke about uh, uh, domestic violence. Um, it's and, a terrible joke. And so I, I saw that and it was like, okay, but it's not like... It's not... Uh, that big of a controversy, and then this week he goes on Jordan Peterson's podcast. I was I was kind of like, okay, this guy's mm. really not worth talking about. But then he goes on mm. all these right wing podcasts, basically to prove everybody who was saying all the bad shit about him 
correct as mm. far as I can tell. Mm. Right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, I I I really don't understand. This guy is not funny whatsoever. I have absolutely no interest in watching it. I wasn't going to watch it either, but I mean, the, the whole story is interesting because apparently he he got popular with a female, like a largely female audience, mm-hmm. um, like older, like middle-aged women was like his main audience. And so then he comes out with this special and the first joke is that, and that like that yeah. uh, alienated his entire fan base and they turned on mm-hmm. him. And then he went right for like the Manosphere route, and now he's—I guarantee you—he's gonna next next special is gonna come out. He's gonna be like, I can't joke about things anymore. Comedians can't make jokes right. anymore. Yeah, yeah. That's gonna be his next special, guaranteed. By the way, the Grand Theft Auto trailer look—it has a hundred and ten million views. <laughs> oh yeah, and that's just on that one platform, right? Yeah. yeah. Holy fuck! That is a lot. Oh, Jesus. That's a Mr. Beast video level of views, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the teaser trailer for Fallout came out. I didn't know they made a TV show of this, to be honest. I saw a thing for it last night. Yeah, I didn't know they were coming out with a <laughs> Fallout like, TV show either. It's, is it coming out yeah. next year, right? In like uh, yeah. in the beginning of the year next year. That's all I remember. Yeah. It looked interesting enough. I mean, I... I I, I played some of the Fallout. It's a boring fucking game. I I don't really like the game. So I, I was gonna I'm say sure. I, I don't have any concept of any of the. I've never watched a playthrough. I've never played any of it. So uh, yeah, I think I remember. Maybe I played like some of the original top down Fallout's, mm-hmm. but not like any of the newer ones. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see what else. Uh. It's the last thing I had. Oh, that we'll talk about next week. The McKamey Manor uh, continuing oh saga. Um, yes. Reckless Ben came out with a video, the most comprehensive video about the the uh, hard drive so far. Did you watch the podcast mm-hmm. that came out last night where he talked about yeah. everything? Okay. Yep. yep. Uh, that was a little interesting because in that he revealed that, like, you it isn't shut down. I mean, that was obviously a clickbait title, but they are, it mm. is under investigation by the police for, um, specifically for, uh, what is it called? Fire violations. So like not having, uh, the correct fire safety, uh, equipment in this barn that he was using for, uh, for these horrible things he was doing. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the way they were able to finally, um, at least almost get him like none of the actual the terrible shit he did it was like the fire safety code that he was breaking right mm-hmm. yeah what did you think about that i think the reveal of like why he did it was the most interesting or why he's doing it is the most interesting part that like everybody kind of assumed that it, he either did it to like as like a kink thing and that he had some or like it, he was you know wanted to see people hurt or maybe uh he was faking it all and none of it was real and these were all actors and it was either one or the Mm -hmm. other but what we found out is that the one girl uh she was she went there being told you're going to be an actor in a video to to like make a, a youtube video to hype up and like promote it 
But when she actually went there, then they like actually put her through the ringer and wouldn't let her leave, even though she was went there saying she w- was an actor. They ended up actually doing this shit to her. So it's like a mix of both. Like it, it he pretended it was fake to the people, and then actually did it in real life to them. And then it, so it gets really confusing when you go to the police and they go, "Oh, what were you there for?" And you're like, "I was I was an actor in this video." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's the whole thing is like uh it's very messed up and manipulative. And then we also found out in the podcast that they didn't release a lot of the stuff um to him. He didn't want he didn't take a lot of the stuff that had nudity and things like that cuz he didn't right. want to keep moving uh he didn't want to have nudes on, you know, Nudes that had been taken of people under distress transferred to him, which could be like a crime, obviously. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. Hey, you have heard the expression that uh, driving and drinking is not a good idea, right? That is, yes, definitely been nailed into our heads since childhood. Yeah. So, what do you think a car company should not make look? Uh, what should it not? Uh, uh, Car company should not make uh, a kegerator that it goes into your trunk. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tesla come out with a cyber bear this this week. A cyber beer? Oh, like mm-hmm. like the cyber truck? Yeah. Let me see what this is. Okay, cyber beer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why does it not? Why can I not yeah. click on anything? There's no like. I can't. Oh, there's only... You can just go to the shop? Yeah. And then it just tells you about the Cybertruck. Okay. Yeah. But uh, then, Oh, yeah, here we go. I got it. I, I got it. Uh, okay. Choose, sip, repeat the Tesla Cyber Beer and Cyber Stein, so like a cup to go with it. Mm-hmm. Limited edition celebrates the angular exoskeleton of the Cybertruck. Uh accentuated by notes of herb and spice and more notable aromas of tea and citrus in each <laughs> bottle. Yeah. Yeah, that is... Uh, yeah, it's it's a bunch of bullshit, obviously. Yep. Have you ever heard it of... Di- very pre- I will say it's very pretty, though. <laughs> I was going to say, have you ever heard of diamond water? Because this reminds mm-hmm. me of diamond water, is what it reminds me yeah, of. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, it just costs one hundred and fifty dollars so for a beer. Not, uh, yeah, yeah, totally not worth expensive it. Expensive, what whatsoever. Yeah. Okay. Would you would you buy buy this if you had the money? <laughs> I think this is equivalent to like the amaranth yeast, uh, vaginal yeast yeah. beer, basically. <laughs> I also think so. Yeah, yeah, because we all know that. Uh, 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 what is his name? The, the the leader of uh, Tesla again. Musk? Yeah, Elon Musk is a giant pussy. Oh, I, I, well, that's a good one. I was going to say that um, the people who are going to buy this beer are just as much a simps as him as Amaranth is. <laughs> that's also a good one. Okay, I'm Fro. I'm Luke. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye, everybody. Another, di- another, digi- another digital citizen. 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 Another digital citizen.